Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. of Ebony and Irony Podcast. What makes it so special? What makes Bunny sound so bubbly and enthusiastic today? Well, Monet is not here. Monet Exchange is not going to be here. So I have the privilege of welcoming a, you can call her a guest, you can call her a co-host, a co-host who is actually well-informed, intelligent, and attractive. So it's a big, big switch for Monet. She is, I said from, I didn't say from Monet, not for Monet. If Monet was, then I would be the one that was busted and not well-informed and all that kind of stuff. But we would like to welcome drag and trans sensation Peppermint to the podcast. Hey, hey, buddy. Honey. You, you are the definition of a card. <laughs> I know that's an old school. That's an old school. That's old school terminology. It, but I know you you appreciate it. Well, you know that I get it too, because I'm an old fool from the old school. And uh, Peppermint, you are about to debut a show on Canada's. Out TV called Call Me Mother. So before we do any, what well, we before we do that, you're in Austin, Texas. Tell us about that. I'm in Austin, Texas, girl. She's on vacation, honey. I'm on vacation, and my friend Sandra Jennings and I came down to Austin uh, just because we wanted to go somewhere where you know it's not the usual, and you know Austin is very uh, progressive, you know, in terms of compared to the rest of Texas. Uh, it just so happens that our dear frenemy, Miss Bianca Del Rio, is on her world tour, and I got to catch the show. And um, you and I ch- chatted about it before I went to the show, and you are right, honey. Woo! She is <laughs> relentless. She is. Uh, I, 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 people seem to like it when I wrote this on um, Instagram. 
I am literally in tears of rage after seeing over one hour of a, quote, comedian who I think gets a pass because he's a man of color, spewing venom, (laughs) mocking LGBTQIA and every race in his latest comedy, quote, special, unquote. He whipped his lowbrow crowd of mouth breezers into a veritable frenzy with the most vile bits imaginable. I watched with disgust as each punchline punched down even harder than the last on our most marginalized communities. No, I don't mean Dave Chappelle's new act. I caught Bianca Del Rio's unsanitized tour at the Palladium. Filthy, rotten, wild, and highly recommended it with the delightful Sherry Vine opening up. Uh, Tell me your thoughts of, of, uh, but obviously I'll use the Dave Chappelle controversy, which we will talk about later. Um, But yeah, I enjoyed Bianca's show. I haven't seen the last couple of them. You know, one of the things that I think is, I haven't seen the last couple of tours either. I did see the first few, like, national tours that she did, um, and like Rolodex of Hate and everything, but I haven't seen the, uh, the last two. And so it was nice to see, like, an updated version. You know, obviously, we all go way back. We know each other. And so it, it was, for me, it was, it was sort of, I was looking at it through the lens of, this is, okay, this is someone I know. It's a friend and colleague. And I was comparing her work on stage today i was comparing the jokes today and how they were delivered and her whole like mastery of it to when we were in the clubs right Mm -hmm. and it is she was better in the clubs she was better in the clubs (laughs) she was younger in the club yeah i mean no one knew who she was and only we saw it but she was much much better than she is now uh no i really do think that um you know unlike some other comedians like dave chappelle I believe. I, I do think that the, clearly she was on the edge and there were some like moments where I was like, ooh. But for the most part, it was, you know, even her, her jokes, she, she I, I hate to dissect it. She added a little bit more self-depreciation in than I am used to hearing her do. Well, I mean, she, really she has to. Look at her. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean... <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> it's fucking uh, olive, which olive oil. Olive yeah. oil in drag. <laughs> God. You mean like Shelly Duvall olive oil? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what Sugar Pie used to call her. Sugar Pie Coco called her olive oil. <laughs> but I do highly recommend it. I think it's it's it is an equal opportunity offender. Uh, it's certainly not the type of stuff that I would do on stage, but the, I was, I was able to laugh and, and feel, I felt, I felt like I was safe and I felt like everyone else in the audience was safe because there felt like some care, felt like there was some care that was put into it and some, an intelligence behind it, not just attacking for the sake of attacking the color or things that people can't control, you know? Right. I, I appreciated it. Yeah. I mean, she is ballsy. It's like whenever she said something where the people went, ooh, she said, wait for the Jew jokes. They're on page eight. And then I don't want to give anything away because I do recommend the show highly. Um, Boy, does she deliver them. The Jew jokes. She delivers them. (laughs) There's talk of Anne Frank. There's talk of, I mean, it's it's everything in there, you know. Yeah. But I... I, I do, uh, I think, I'm just really proud of her, you know? I am. And I'm, I highly recommend the show. 
Yeah, I do too. Um, that is <laughs> Bianca Del Rio uh, in Unsanitized. And tell us about uh, your out TV Call show. Me Mother. Call Me Mother. Yeah, so Call Me Mother, it's a drag reality competition show. I know, like, we're like, who needs another one of those things? Oh, no, and, no, no. Um, I wasn't thinking that at all. You were writing it on your, on, you were literally writing it on your face, Bunny. I can see you. <laughs> um, and, but the difference is with this one, uh, it aims, it's, it's, it's goal is to be inclusive and to, you know, cause we know there's, you know, there's different types of drag entertainers and different types of drag out there. Uh, and there's been all this controversy that people have talked about over the last couple of years, should, you know, should trans people be allowed on this? Should people be allowed to do this and that? Should, you know, should should women be allowed to do drag? And just, you know, who's allowed to do what? Uh, and this show aims to kind of cut right through that and say, look, if you can do drag and do it well, well let's see what you can do in this competition. And so that's what I, that's what I enjoy, um, seeing everyone up in the club. I mean, I, you know, I've, I'm obviously no, certainly not a spring chicken, but I remember my, my fun, the times that I thought were the most fun in the clubs, or the, at least the parties that I really enjoyed the most in New York, uh, nightlife were the ones that were like so mixed and had everyone there. Hello. Uh, Hello. Exactly. You, no, I'm, I'm agreeing. Oh, I thought you said you could hear me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Did your hearing aid go off? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> don't ask. But yeah, girl. those don't. ones, and and there was always trans performers doing doing drag and doing everything, and so so this show is really inclusive. It comes on every week. It's weekly. Uh, it's based out of Canada, so you know a lot of the some of the humor and everything is is Canadian humor. But it is wait, and wait, obviously is there, is, is there such a thing, Canadian humor? No, no, I, I don't <laughs> want to say Canadian I'm humor. Kidding. But the, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one doesn't usually use those two terms together. That's probably fair. But it is um, the, the a lot of the, you know, there are a lot of Canadian references, obviously, but have no fear. Anybody can watch it It's and get it. It's drag. Drag is universal. And it's a great show. And it, and the, the the premise is that there's three houses, there's three mothers, and at the end, at each, at each week, one of the houses is in the bottom and the mother of the bottom house has to vote out, decide which one of her children to send home. Um, and yeah. And there's a cash prize and all that jazz. And so I, this begins like the, the, the episodes are on out, is it out tv.com? Well, you can stream it. You it's can, a, it, you should, uh, folks should download the out TV app uh, any on any of their favorite devices. It's, you know, just like you would download the Netflix app or the whatever, Hulu, download that, and then you can um, obviously have to sign up, and then you can watch it. So it's, it's available on their website or on their app. And if you're in Canada or the UK, then you can watch it on television. Where yeah. Out TV is like the equivalent of, of uh, what Logo was, right? Basically, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Exactly. And, okay. but, but there's, there's, there's a, I think for the rest of the world, it's the, it's all about the app, the streaming app that you just get on your Apple TV or your phone or your, your Roku or whatever viewing, you know, device you use. Okay. 
Now, they're also showing on the same Canadian network A Girl Like Me, which is what, a a mini documentary about you? No, it's a short film. I had I released an album last year, um, which I forgot to send you. I'll send you a copy of it. Okay. Um, And it's an R&B album. It's, you know, you and I often talk about music and being drag entertainers doing music that might be different than what people expect, you know? Um, And so it's, it's, I wanted to write about my experiences as a black trans woman and just talk about that honestly in the past I have, but I've always coded it to be more like drag centric or something like that. This time I was like, you know what, let me just go ahead and do it for real and talk about the relationship that I was in that I, I was in love and then it ended. Um, And so the, that the body of work that I wrote, the songs that I wrote, the collection is basically takes you through the beginning, the middle and end of the relationship. And so it's three albums. The first one is out now. The second two come out in the new year. Um, and it's the series is called letters to my lovers, but the first album is a girl like me letters to my lovers. And I, instead of doing music videos, because we, you know, created a lot of this during COVID we just decided to do one big sort of visual album. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really a short film, you know, with a narrative and, and, and everything. And so that's, I produced it and it's available also on out TV today, today. You know, this was Miss Taylor Swift getting some albums out of her, uh, uh, relationship, relationship drama. Okay. Failed relationships. Well, you know what? At least you had one. I failed to have one. So, um, <laughs> the, the, um, now I think that's a really good idea that I might actually incorporate into my work, doing some, an album and a documentary about my experiences as a black trans woman. I think that would be, it would be, (laughs) how long would that be? It'd be one second long. There's only, there's only a few times when you could claim to be black and we know when that is. And and just to let everyone know, the show is up now. Like I, I, I didn't, I didn't know I had to become a member, but I looked on the out TV uh, site Mm -hmm. Um, and the first two episodes are available now to stream. First two, exactly. First two episodes are available now. The show comes out every single Monday, uh, and people can stream it every Monday. Uh, and I think you'll love it. It features myself and, uh, Crystal from Drag Race UK and, uh, and Barbada, who's a Canadian, uh, drag entertainer who has never obviously been on a drag race. Um, as the mothers, and it's great. Okay, cool. Well, we will all check it out. And, Ow. you know, speaking about your trans journey, I think I became aware that you were trans when I got tickets to a play, and you and I had been talking on the phone a good bit, um, and, you know, mm-hmm. you came, and, uh, you know, you had a newly blonde hair, and there was a suggestion of boobs, and, I mean, it didn't phase me one bit, because, like you say, the, our, the clubs we came up in were mixed, and also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I I was most inspired by a trans woman of color named Tasha Khan in Chattanooga when I was sneaking to the gay bars. She was tra- Ooh, Tasha Khan. Oh no, honey, yes. not Shaka Khan. Tasha <laughs> Khan, and she was billed as yeah. Chattanooga's own bubbling brown sugar or Chattanooga's own twentieth century fox. 
Hicks, and she was yeah. everything. I mean, in 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 terms of stage presence, and you know, mm -hmm. we're still in touch. Uh, you know, I sent her a T-shirt when I came out with a T-shirt, and she was just a phenomenal entertainer. But I I I I another thing on the trans spectrum. You know, that, I mean, that to me, I just thought, I love Peppermint. That's something that Peppermint is doing. It doesn't, I don't have any thoughts about it. I still love, you know, Peppermint. There's no reason to. Then another thing happened recently when I had a trans friend who is a trans man uh, who moved to L.A. to work with a Hollywood star and ended up kind of getting beaten up uh by someone involved with this it's I, I it's really it was a really tawdry tale and it was so depressing that i reached out to you and you passed along the contact info of chase strangio from the aclu um because and you know the, and so this is this is the telling part so when i i wanted to get the letter that i wrote to chase who is an important person at the aclu right mm -hmm. After mm -hmm. I'd sent, because I was very distressed over my friend who actually has a slight reading, writing, maybe she's, uh, yeah, okay. she, she, she is only recently saying trans, so she is now he, you know, and, and, okay. but, but for, this is a pyramid club person. So for 25 years, okay. I've known this person as a great person and as a friend and smart and all this, but she doesn't, she, she was getting shit from her, her lawyer, from his lawyers, and I, I'm still doing it. And in my, letter to Chase asking for if there's anything that she could refer my friend to. Um, I realized that I had misgendered my friend who I was trying to help. And I thought Chase probably... Did you send a letter? Well, I, I realized it afterward, but I was just... I was desperate to get it right. But but I'm sure that Chase probably looked at it and said, mm, this bunny is off. But so I'm bringing that up, not to say that, you know, uh, that... Peppermint is a sweetheart who will turn you onto a connection because Peppermint is, when she was a drag queen, now that she's trans, a sweetheart. Um, but I bring that up to say, I was trying to do the right thing and I fucked up. Uh -huh. I did. I was. I loved okay. my friend and I fucked up. I felt so stupid. But like I say, I've known this person as a feminine person. She she always a butch dyke, you know, but but didn't transition until much later in life. So I did fuck that up. But I bring that up to say that there was heart behind it, but I did fuck it up. So I think sometimes okay. people are not given a pass even when they mean well uh and 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 I, th I a lot of people do not think that Dave Chappelle's special the closer <coughs> means well to trans people they've they've immediately said it was transphobic you probably know more about the 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 what has gone on but the CEO of Netflix defended it uh, there was two trans employees who staged a walkout uh, to protest and I don't exactly know where the where that stands right now but um you know they were upset they didn't want to work at a place that put out transphobic uh comment but i guess 
I guess I mean, obviously I want to know your thoughts on the special because I did watch it. I actually watched it uh, twice, not because stand up is even my cup of tea, but I was like, I wanted to try to get this right and see what components were in there. Maybe some that some others weren't mentioning. And girl, I didn't even watch the wig movie. I didn't even watch Wigstock twice. So I did. I did. I didn't watch my own movie twice. I, 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 not a lot of people watch it once, bitch. I, Peppermint is being drag phobic. No, just kidding. Um, so, did, did, what what were your thoughts? I, I did watch your and Bob's segment, so I know some of it. But for for people who mm-hmm. only listen to this podcast and not Monet's mm-hmm. secondary offerings like sibling rivalry. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, listen. I think uh, at the end of the day, it's really important that. We have open and honest conversations that that really do um, recognize or acknowledge where everyone's coming from and what people are asking for. Uh, and as long as we have that, then I think we will all be good. And you mentioned intention when someone is misgendering them. Certainly, um, when someone makes a mistake, and, and I know that the the the. Unfortunately, what's going out there, the the sort of um, misconception that's happening is this sort of, I don't want to say rumor, but this sort of um, false narrative that's happening that trans people are there to attack, that trans people are there to attack you. And if you get it wrong, we're going to take your job and you're we're just we're looking for people to cancel. And I know that that's how people feel. Um, you know, listen, I don't like being told I got to get up and change my seat for something. I don't want anybody to tell me to change anything. To change, so to change your what? Change your what? My, change my seat on a flight or to, to I don't want to be, I think we're living in it. I'm certainly at the age and I think we're living in a world where no one wants to be inconvenienced in any way, shape or form. And I don't know if they ever have. Nobody wants to be inconvenienced, but there's extreme pushback and the, the the amount of energy that goes into having consideration for others is less, I think, uh, these days. Everything's instant gratification. I, I don't even want a TV program to tell me when it's going to come on. I'm going to watch it when I want, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. Um, and so I think we're just, our brains are getting more geared to that. And so when you hear that someone has an issue, I think the first knee-jerk reaction is to be like, oh, the PC police, oh, trans people. And of course, gay white folks get get kind of thrown into that or become the umbrella, the overarching umbrella of everyone who's P- PC and leftist. You know, they must be gay and white and empower and rich and have nothing better to do than complain. And so I feel like that's the, the um, you know, the narrative that's being put out there. And uh, certainly those people exist. Certainly there are queer people who are very rich and have nothing better to do than complain. But so so do you, are so are also, you saying that some of the the PC stuff is being driven by white people who are privileged who are not even members of the community that that they're, no, that they're, that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that they're I'm saying they're the often t- what I've seen is this typical reaction when 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 in in, re- in relation to this special when I hear it people online 
lodging their complaints and making their comments, I see an immediate reaction that certainly sums everyone up and and assumes that you must be white. If you're complaining about this, you're white and gay and rich. Oh, okay. And I'm just here to say that that's not true. Okay. That maybe there are rich, white, gay people complaining about the specials. I'm sure there are. But there are also people who are not rich complaining about the special. Mm -hmm. There are people who are not gay complaining about the special. And there are people who are not white <laughs> complaining about the special. Yes, and there and there are trans people who have immediately identified this as transphobic, including a couple of my friends who are trans, you know, a little bit older. They're not as, you know, that like pronouns and stuff is a lot of younger people are into it and and that's not their main focus but even they have said that it appears that Dave doesn't like trans people um you know and and and, and that's trans people not me judging uh, what they believe to be his intent was. I mean, they're trans people who watched it, and these are not trans people who are very precious. Um, but there are me, a couple, very cool. th there are other trans people like Flame Monroe who have defended mm -hmm. it. Right, there are. And listen, on the surface, looking if you're not really stopping in to really read, you know, if you're if you're one of the two people, not you, but if 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 the type of person is, you know, like most of us these days, where we don't really engage, everything's touch and go. We just walk. We're the type of person that walks through the museum and we don't stop to read the inscription under the picture or the description under the picture. Then it's really easy to get all of these things confused. Who's gay? Who's not? Who's white? Who's not? Oh, they're all this. They're all that. These people are complaining. But at the end, but honestly, at the end of the day, like you said, intention. I do think impact also matters. You know, your intention, we all know the old adage, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And so, you know, just to have good intentions isn't quite enough. Sticking, that means I'm going to put out what I put out and I meant it and I don't really care what it does to you. That's, that's intention. But impact is I'm going to put something out and let me see where it lands. Mm -hmm. Let me see the effect that what I put out has. Let me watch, let me wait and see what the response is, which requires me just observing and listening. Mm -hmm. And when you stop and wait and observe and listen, because it's, we, I'm sure we can at least, he's most of the time in the special is spent talking about trans individuals. And so it's fair to, to understand that trans individuals' ears will perk up. He's talking about trans individuals in the trans community. Mm -hmm. That's what it has to do with. So those people are likely going to respond and have something to say, a feeling about it. And if that's true, then we, okay, if everybody feels like they know his intention, oh, it's just jokes, he didn't mean it, you're, you know, instead of writing off the, the reaction, let's look and see where it lands. Let's really look and see, okay, how does this joke travel? When he says this, and it may, how is it being received, and what does it do to these people? What is the reaction? How is, you know, and and I think that's the the, the, the type of empathy that's needed when when analyzing something like this, his comedy is really intelligent. It's well thought out. It's layered. It's a routine. And, and, and so there's a lot of thought that goes into putting these types of jokes together. It's Dave Chappelle. He wants you to open for his next special. <laughs> no, I'll do no. it. Yeah. Right. Um, but when, when you have the, the, the problem, 
I have no, I don't really have a problem with Dave Chappelle as a comic. I, I feel like he can do whatever he wants. For me, it's not, it's less about that. What I will say about a comedy special is that I don't think that the, I do believe that if he were really friends with more than one trans person and had the opportunity to run this material by them and, and cared what they thought about it, then his jokes might come out a little bit different. He may have, he, they may have been processed a little bit different. I can tell a joke about my friend if they're, let's say they're really, really tall or really, really short. I can tell a joke about my short friend that's just, I can tell a joke about short people and just make it about the fact that they're short, or I can tell a joke about my friend who's short and work that in in a really intelligent way. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's still a joke about short people, but if they're in on the joke, then it then it comes across a little differently. And I just don't think that this was this was worked in that way. Um, and I think that's part of the issue. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a great point about there's intent and then there's impact. I mean, I don't know what you would recommend, you know, in should he workshop the, uh, the, 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 the piece? I mean, cause he, he'd win it, you know, he recorded it live and, and, you know, I don't know what that means, but I also want to give an example because, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, no, my career is nowhere near Dave Chappelle's fucking Butler's career, but I am regularly canceled uh, and, and often accused of being transphobic, which there's so many trans people in my lives and I don't want to sound like, oh, well, I have trans friends. Like people say I have black friends, but I mean, I do look to them to understand stuff and to see you know, what is offensive and, and what is it? You know, one time Cody Ravioli told me, uh, honey, I'm a, in between cigarette drinks, I'm a fag with tits. You know, another time she told me a few, several years later that, that you know, that, that, that something I had said was insensitive. So when you do work on the edge, which I do, which Bianca does, which Dave Chappelle does, you are going to make mistakes and sometimes that impact is going to be wrong. And now that everyone has, you know, cell phones, that is going to be magnified. Let me give you an example. I worked with uh, Gottmik for the first time on a tour uh. for one month this summer. And I made a joke that some people uh, took a clip of the video and were forwarding around as proof that I am transphobic and that they were saying things like, this makes me sick to my stomach. Now, because I had never worked with Gottmik, I told my recording engineer, I may have to take this joke out because if I'm not going to tour with someone and make them uncomfortable for one month. I'm not going to do that. I, I, you know. So in the meantime, Gottmik comes after and thanks me and says, Thank you for having the balls for reading me because I'm trans. No one on that roast on Drag Race did it. No one ever has the balls to do it. So it made me think, well, some trans people don't mind trans jokes and, and maybe they're not all taboo. And then the other thing is if the person who is the butt of my quote transphobic humor is thanking me for it, who are these people that are anonymous online defending that, that, that what the something I, that they I learned in their gender studies class? Because no, I live my life I mean, with trans people. True. 
I think we have to talk about what are the what are what are the opportunities that exist for trans people. When Cody Ravioli described herself as what you say a fag with tits, what what other choices did she have to describe herself back then when in those years earlier? What I honestly, to be very, very frank with you, Bunny, before I started doing drag, I knew I was trans. I knew I feel the exact same today as I felt. 20 years ago in terms of who I am and, and all that, how I, how I see myself fitting into the world. But there really weren't a lot of opportunities for me. And so the only two options I had were drag and prostitution. That was it. I didn't think I'd be on TV. I didn't think I'd be able to work during the day. I didn't think I could go to a, work, a bank or any of the things that I'm able to do today. And so it really is about those possibilities. And what we see is, unfortunately, a lot of the stereotypes, and there is, there, I want people to be really clear in understanding this. I mean, there's, there is scientific studies that go into, it's what we call an algorithm. There is scientific proof that billions of companies put their money behind that shows that there is a connection between what people see on media and what they do in real life, how they behave in real life. There is a connection. That is the truth. And so if that's true, what types of content are we showing on media overall? What's the overwhelming message? And it's one thing to say, you know, there's joke about all different types of people who had identities and communities. But the but the question is, how many times do you hear, like in your in your not to you, but just in general, one should ask, I think one should ask themselves, how how many times do I hear people people who are, for instance, trans being referenced, and what are the what's the if nine times out of ten. What are those types of things? Is it us laughing at them because they are? Is it us joking about the body parts that they have because they're insufficient? Is it joking about they look like one thing, but we all think they're another? Like, what's what's the overall messaging that we... If if, if most of your content is one way, or most of the, your thoughts about those things, if you can sum up what you usually hear in the world and what you see about these people, there's a good chance that that's what other people are experiencing too, which means most of us are just hearing negative things about trans people. And that doesn't necessarily make someone want to go out and provide opportunities or help or services to people in those communities. And right now, the fact is that many people, not not all, but many people in those in those communities are still struggling to get the basic things that they that they need and want. To be honest with you, Gottmik probably I don't know if Gottmik has had the same, you know, I certainly know people, I've met trans women and I'm sure you have too who have who work as sex workers. Some of them love it, maybe, and they just describe loving it, whatever. But some of them say, I've, I've had conversations with some who say, this is not what I imagine my life being, and I don't like this, but this is what I have. Mm -hmm. These are my only options. I've got to get used to it. They never saw themselves going on TV. They never saw themselves taking pictures of Paris Hilton, as Scott Mick does. I'm not, and that's not a thing, but that's just a very different life, mm -hmm. you know? And so- it's really difficult to when you say, "Can I make transphobic trans trans jokes?" Which is very general. Trans jokes is general. That could be about surgeries. That could be about your friend. That could be about how they all suck. That could be about how they're all great. What kind of trans jokes are we talking about? And then when we take that and compare it to the individual who's saying it's okay, like you know, and I'm not making correlation between the two, but if 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 you're making you know, for instance, Caitlyn Jenner has is her her receptors for the types of jokes that you that she will allow and the types of jokes that she would probably laugh at are very different than the types of jokes 
that I would laugh at or want to be around or any of those things. And so, you know, I just think when we're, when we're talking about has this community had their break yet, not just has one of them made it on Drag Race and one of them was on the cover of Time Magazine and that's it. Mm -hmm. Because that's tokenizing, right? Is it still really, really difficult for, are there still laws that exclude trans people from most of the things in public that average people are able to enjoy? And if that's true, then what, how is that happening today? And we look at the, the the politicians and the people that are putting forth these policies. A lot of times these policies, the people that are arguing, because someone has to, a human has to go up and argue to have these policies put in place. A lot of these policies that are put in place, they use a lot of the same jokes and terminology that people like Dave Chappelle use to, to, to lock that law into place. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And that's the problem. There's also a popular notion of what comedy should be today, and that is that it should include no punching down. As you suggest, mm-hmm. trans do not have a lot of the rights. Trans, you know, are still, you know, struggling for recognition. Now, Flame Monroe's point, when she was interviewed about the Dave Chappelle special, was, what are you talking about? They're nominated as Emmys. They're, you know, g- going to work. They're, they're, they're doing all this. But this is this is a problem that I have with this idea that's gener- genuinely accepted about punching down in any way. Um, so, where did that come from? I mean, I I don't have to agree with someone's comedy to to I don't need to say shut down something that I don't like if I think that Dave Chappelle um you know uh is is transphobic I don't have to watch it but my my question is that the assertion is that this leads to violence against trans people when you make jokes now I did a show uh for three years Hello. and I made the joke. Um, rape is never funny unless you're getting raped by a clown. Now, I don't think that anyone uh, went out and raped anyone because I wasn't saying, you know, because because I said that in the show, you know, and and this right. idea of punching down. But that's the thing. That, Go ahead. The, that that notion. There's a disconnect between those two things because that notion is, you know, I don't know how many clowns are raping people. I don't know. But when we're talking about trans people, oftentimes we're joking about, I can tell that, let's, let's call it what it is. That woman is a man. Uh-huh. She looks like a man because she has man body parts and she's a man. That's the joke, is that that woman is really a man. That's a man who thinks he's a woman. Right. That's, at the end of the day, that's the takeaway. But the problem is, a lot of us do have experience with, with, with let's say, clowns in your example, that we know that the, the reason why that that there is a connection for the comic to make that joke that they think is funny is because everyone has experience with clowns and most of us don't have experience where clowns are raping us. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of that connection that people could find that the comic delivering that joke would find humor in. But the, but the, the, the problem with the jokes about make a trans woman is really just a man is at the end of the day, that's the truth that they believe. And it doesn't really allow space for that trans person to really 
have their own sort there's no there's less truth in that unfortunately like in the in the Dacia spouse special one of the trans women that he refers to uh he describes as having a neck like Joe Rogan which means it's you know oh I have one I know what it means right saying that she has a big <laughs> neck but the, um, the truth of the matter is you know I actually know the woman that he's talking about she is one of the most gorgeous trans women I've ever seen. Okay. She's tiny. She's petite. She does not have man hands. She does not have large hands. She does not have an Adam's apple. And she does not have a thick neck. Okay. So that is based in this notion that the only way that I can get you to agree and laugh about that story as Dave Chappelle is to, to give the, the connotation that she's a man who was ridiculous looking big man who, who thinks that they're a woman. Honey, this woman is flyer than most of the girls I've ever met in my life. She is fine. And so could, could that let's be, talk about the truth. Huh? Could that be, um, you know, comic exaggeration? Because... Um, no, it, it obviously... Well, it's not comic exaggeration because... It's not true at we, all. Because it's it's based... It's it's It would be comic exaggeration if everyone in the audience knew she really is beautiful. You're just... See, your your lens is skewed. But the comic exaggeration isn't working because when people go to pass those bathroom laws, if you if anybody who's ever even heard a bathroom law or seen a one of the bathroom bills that mention transgender people, what what is the imagery that they're using? It's a man creeping into the women's bathroom and there's a little girl in the bathroom. They're, they film commercials that they were rolling in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Alabama. This is what they're saying is that men are coming into these rooms. And so that's the, unfortunately, that's the correlation that that they're drawing, which has real life consequences. I'm yes. not saying that Dave Chappelle's special turned to, to law. I'm saying that if 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 Dave Chappelle's special tells jokes that support that are that the joke is the the punchline is predicated that you need to to believe that trans women are men in order to laugh at the joke, then that same thinking supports the idea that trans women are men who are predators, who are pedophiles, who are looking to trick uh, straight men into having sex with them, and who are looking to harm young girls. Those are the four things that the people who are passing these laws constantly spread. That they're, And then the new fifth one is that trans women are men who want to beat girls in sports. And so these are the things that that, that is being put forth. And this has real life, comp, uh, you know, this has real life consequences. This is people not being able to get gain access to obviously the bathroom to sports teams to losing access to healthcare. This is these are the reasons that they're saying that, that take away their healthcare because. Mm -hmm. And so it's not an exaggeration. Take away their healthcare. Take away their healthcare huh? because you do not believe that they are the sex that they say they are. You they're saying that they're a woman and you exactly. do not believe that. Right. Yeah. So the 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 punching down thing. Mm -hmm. I I just want to give an example of why part of me feels like so you know what I don't love stand up comedy. Um, I I do mm -hmm. think that Dave is 
more intelligent in the way that he's in the past used racial stereotypes. And I believe that's why he walked away from his initial TV show because he was creating these like racial stereotypes of black guys on crack and people weren't realizing that he was doing it on different levels. And, you know, this, the, the, the notion but that, that, but wait, that piece right there, I think that piece right there is what we should look at. And because I think that there are people who can understand, okay, he was doing this thing, showing that he was making stereotypes about Black people. He is a Black person, and the, and the people who were also helping him write those jokes were white. Obviously, the people at the network were white. And he didn't. He felt some type of way about having these stereotypes be what all he was putting out there and making money off of that, and people kind of uh, it sort of being self-perpetuating. And people can understand that, how that could be a problem, and why that makes sense that he would walk away from it, and why we shouldn't just laugh at jokes about Black people being crackheads. And so people can understand that, because we know that all Black people are not crackheads, but we still can see that there's a problem with that joke then we can understand how it might be problematic because certainly there are people who do make that assumption, who do take that for some reason, take that away as that's their takeaways. Black people are all crackheads. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's an important piece, but I don't but, want to interrupt but, you. Go ahead. But do Go ahead. you really think, I'll interrupt me anytime. Do you really think that the now that people think black people are crackheads? I mean, how could you not know yeah, so I many black are, people? I, I mean, you know so many black people. And I mean, I just, I, no. I mean, I can't believe anyone that that would really think that they may want to giggle about that. I do but, think that there are stereotypes that that are pervasive that do a lot that do seep their way in a very insidious and hidden and ugly way into unexpected parts of jobs, work, life applying for different things and, and society. I do think, yes, I do think that those sort of um, stereotypes and misconceptions and rumors, whatever, work their way in, in the most surprising and ugly ways into, into society and the opinion that is formed about, you know, I still don't understand why, let me, let me ask you this, why is it that most people think that welfare is mostly black people mm -hmm. and food stamps are, are mostly black people, even though it's not and it never has been. But that's that to, to this day, the poster person for somebody on food stamps and welfare is a black person mm -hmm. because that's public opinion, right. even though it has very different from fact. The jokes that have been made about food stamps how many of them do you think are about white people? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but most of the ones that I've heard have been about black people being welfare queens. Mm, yes. So I do believe there's a connection between those types of jokes and the notion that people think, oh, well, the only people on welfare are black. Right. You know? Right. Well, there's... A, and then... But, but you, you also, and, you have to mm -hmm. joke about what people's perception is, even if it's true right. or not. That's I true. did a Christmas show where I, 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 I uh, sang a, a, a We Three Kings 
a few years ago, and I did read three spies of 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 Soviet R, uh, Kushner, mm-hmm. Flynn, and Paul Manafort. You know, to make Trump America's czar. And I right. don't believe that Russia was as big as a thing as everyone else, but that was everyone's per- uh, perception. perception. So I had to to, to base mm-hmm. that little snippet in a a parody medley, but I think we're putting so, I hear what you're saying about, you know, driving stereotypes home. Uh, Sometimes some, maybe, maybe you give a good example about the, uh, the, the, the white people also being on food stamps, but it's, let, let me, this, this thing has been popping up in my mind when I went to the Castro theater in San Francisco, and they screened Mommy Dearest. And the entire, uh, uh, Christina Crawford was there selling books, and this movie was based on, you know, Faye Dunaway playing her mother, and there was a whole audience of gay men who just shrieked with mirth every time her mother raised her hand with a wire hanger. You know, you know this is part of Drag Queen's accents, Lipsinka, and, you know, even before that. But they're all laughing at child abuse. Well, that's rough. Yeah. That is rough. And I was sitting in the dressing room, you know, with Christina Crawford, and I asked her, like, you know, and I just had, she said, yeah, well, it is rough. And I had to say, well, I guess she wants to sell, you know, books. But some humor is rough and edgy humor is rough. And unlike Kathy Griffin, who says, you know, Clay Aiken is gay. You know, I'm a D-list. You know, just like silly stuff like that. Dave Chappelle is a master who can undo and look behind certain things in a way that doesn't exactly make me laugh, but I watched something that he did on uh, Jussie Smollett in his last special on YouTube. Now, he handled this in a really great way because he said, I want to, did you hear about the, the French actor Jussie Smollett? Every time he said that, he got a laugh because. Um, you know, he was making fun of the of the bullshit that Jesse got himself into by saying that he was attacked by two MAGA people when in fact he was attacked by two people that he knew who were black and African and who, you know, had some ties to him as a drug dealer. So Dave has the same right that I have to be mad about that because Jesse lied and sold out the gay community with a boy who cried wolf story so that they won't believe the real attacks that we're under. And he also sold out the black community by making this up. And there there are people in this PC community that is, you know, often behind the trans community, like Out Magazine's Mikkel Street, who wrote, who's like, I think the editor, he wrote a piece after Jesse's thing was discovered to be a lie, saying that he still supports Jesse. So there's this there's this idea that you can't touch certain things, you know, that are expressed in the media, especially the liberal media. And I think, you know, I remember John Waters saying, wait, when Caitlyn Jenner was being, you know, pushed on us because of this TV show, uh that's that she was a trans 
or LGBT icon. I never said she was an icon, and everyone jumped down my throat um, about that. And now here she was just running for uh, for uh, governor of California with uh, changing or saying that, that uh, trans teens shouldn't com- compete in sports and changing her story on it three times. So there, one thing that, that Dave said that resonated with me and would resonate with a lot of people my age, I would venture to say most, is that he respects the Stonewall activists, he used the N-words, Stonewall N-words, who were fighting for basic right. He doesn't care much about these uh, pronoun people who were fighting over pronouns because he doesn't think that they're fighting for something that is a big deal. You and I have talked about the pronoun stuff, and I know it's different for people who are not my age, who are who are younger. But yes, that does, there is an element of shrewdness that he brought to the table. Uh, one of the, you know, so, I mean, do, I mean, that, you do work in the the best comedy has an element of truth, even though you could say it is racially tinged or racist. I've seen many Asian people laugh when Bianca asked them on stage, Bianca Del Rio asked them, what is your real name? No, no, no. Your, 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 <laughs> your name from your country. And does it look like a jet blue conversation? confirmation code and everyone laughs now i don't think she's saying haha you're asian haha you have a funny name but it that is it's it's i don't think it's mean i think it's like it's actually it, it seems to put a lot of asian people in her show at ease i you know? think well i mean that may be true but i mean you know the m- many of the examples that you gave were laughing, making jokes about and laughing about people's actions, things that individuals have done. And then you can, you know, laugh at those choices, the decisions and the actions that they've made. Unfortunately, when you invoke, and I'm not saying that that was, you know, Bianca Del Rio saying an Asian, a joke about Asian people's names is what percentage of her show? Versus if her show was, 40 to 70%, like most, more than half of her show was a, was jokes that you only relied on a misconception about Asian people, then it might have a different impact to the, on those Asian people that are in that room. True. That's and absolutely true. You said, you said that the jokes are often based in truth. Well, this is the problem is that most of those jokes that James Chappelle told are truly based in the truth that these people think that they believe about trans women, like trans women are all men, mm-hmm. right? That's not really true, though. And furthermore, that's just their perception. But furthermore, when he did try to deliver some intelligence to these people and inform them about, let's say, J.K. Rowling and the turf individuals, trans-exclusionary radical feminists, the only thing he said about TERFs that was accurate was that they the name is an acronym, trans-exclusionary radical feminists. He did say, he did say they hate trans people, and then he said, no, they don't hate trans people. And then he said they just believe that gender is real. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. The truth is that they believe that trans women are men who've mutilated their bodies, that trans women are not women, that they are men. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what J.K. Rowling supports. And so if Dave Chappelle is going to say, I believe trans women are women, but I'm team turf, those two things don't go together. The only way that joke works is if you actually believe that turfs really like trans people and just want <laughs> things to be fair. But that's not really the truth. Right. Turfs are lobbyists and they go in and spend money and help aid governors and and governments and legislators in mostly in England because this is mostly a UK phenomenon but it's thanks to Dave Chappelle it's catching on here people are self-identifying as turfs and 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 they're they're lobbying on um put, making sure that trans youth trans people don't have access to healthcare that's their big thing in the UK right now mm-hmm. so those two things don't really go together why doesn't he say that why doesn't he say what a turf really is doing and or why does he even have to invoke i'm not saying that he can't he can talk about anything he wants but that joke doesn't really it's not really successful if you know about it there are lots of things that i laughed about and i said this in the thing with bob there's so many things that i used to find funny that i never understood mm-hmm. right when you're a child, you find a lot more things funny than you do, or certainly different things funny than when you do when you have some experience. The older you get, the more experience, then the more intelligent, and you realize, oh, maybe that wasn't funny. Certainly, we all have moments where we've laughed at things or people or places or or things that were just generally that we thought were funny when we realize, oh, actually, mm, maybe I should take another look at that. And I just think that trans jokes as a subject is one of those things that maybe we should take another look at because there are different nuances to it. Yes, transgender people are funny. There are actually comics who make intelligent jokes about transgender people that transgender, that everyone can laugh at and that do make sense whether you know trans people or not. But the joke, the types of jokes that Dave Chappelle was relying on for, again, most of his special, if he had said, this show is about LGBTQ people, I'd believe it, because it was. He could have he could have legitimately named the show LGBTQ special. And it can be categorized under jokes about LGBTQ people, because most of the jokes were about the LGBTQ community. And so, if that's what, if that's your angle, if that's your platform, then let's let then let's tell a little bit of the truth. Because if you're going to sit up there and talk about the trans community for most of your special, it would be great if you actually had more experience than just two individuals. Especially since most of those jokes were the types of jokes that, again, relied on or supported the information that says that trans women are men. Podcast Network.